starting, I feel like this is the first day where it's like spring has arrived. Um, it's also a very special day for John. It's his birthday, John Ford. Happy birthday. Turn three today. <laughs> Happy birthday, John. Oh, so beautiful. So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Lani, and I've been living in Bailey for like the past eight years. Um, and I actually used to go to Manly Life when Manly Life was having a third birthday. So that's about seven years ago. Um, and I've been in ministry for the past three years um, in Forestville. Uh, Joey is a he's the uh, on worship. He said, "Welcome back from the dark side." Just <laughs> 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 in Forestville, yeah, we're all yeah, under yeah. the same roof in the Lord. Um, anyway, I'm really excited to be back here. Um, so Dan and I are finally here. This is Dan, my fiance. Um, yes, so he's very taken. Just a little bit. No. <laughs> about um, in starting this role is that I have a big heart to see people connect with Jesus and meet Jesus for who he really is. You know, there's so many pre-misconceptions as to who Jesus is, but I love that radical conversion, that beautiful interruption to our lives when, when people meet Jesus. And I love what Queen Elizabeth uh, II said, actually. God bless her. Um, yeah, she says this, For me, the life of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, is an inspiration and an anchor for my life, a role model of reconciliation and forgiveness. He stretched out his hands in love, acceptance and healing. Christ's example has taught me to seek, to respect and value all people of whatever faith or none. I just love that. So beautiful. Um, all right, now I'm just going to pray for us before we get started. Um, yeah, Father God, we just thank you, Lord, that we can be here tonight, Lord, that we can fellowship in our freedom. Lord, we thank you for family in Christ, we thank you for community, we thank you that you knit us together in your love, Lord, and I just pray that you would ready our hearts to hear your word. And I pray that any other words would just fall to the wayside. Yeah, we give you this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, I understand that we've been going through a series on the Holy Spirit, which I'm really excited and I'm so privileged to speak on this because if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, I feel like I wouldn't have a really, um, I wouldn't probably have my faith. You know, I would find it really hard to be Christian. Um... I feel like the Holy Spirit gives us this uttermost reassurance that God is real. God is real, Richard Dawkins. Sorry, he's a big atheist and he writes books on the God delusion and it just really hurts me. Anyway, thank you. Um, yes, so I've had many encounters with the Holy Spirit revealing things that only God would know. Um, and ultimately, it all points back to his insurmountable love for us. Um, yeah, and it's it's surprising, it's healing, and it's an act of faith each time you press into His Spirit. So let's dive into the Word. If you've got your Bibles, open them up um, to Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven. It says, "For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline." And some translations say, "A spirit of power, love, 
and self-control or a sound mind. And I feel as though we need to read this in conjunction with the previous verse, because it's really important. It says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame. Everyone say, fan into flame. Fan into flame. It's been a big day, sorry. Um, the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the, yeah, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and a sound mind. Now, just to give you context here, Paul is the author of this book, and he actually had the biggest, one of the biggest inversion stories in the Bible. You know, he was, um, he worked for the Roman government, he was persecuting Christians, and then he had this encounter um, with the Holy Spirit on the road to Damascus. He got radically transformed and saved, and then he went on to plant so many churches all around the Greco-Roman world, and it's just incredible. So... He's actually writing this letter from prison as he's awaiting his persecution for following Jesus. And I just think, wow, this is, this is so amazing. You know, that this is the time when Nero was pretty much crucifying Christians in the street. Um, and they would actually detain Christians and put them in this, um, like, a dungeon. And they were waiting for this game stay. It's called the circus. And basically, if you didn't denounce your faith, um, they would, it would come to the game stay and they would release you out into the arena and um, then they would have lions come out and basically you were gone. Or they would have um, soldiers, Roman soldiers, and they would come. Pretty much everyone died. Um, yeah, I just think that is like, it's just so much better to be Christian today in the Western world. <laughs> Still not so much in the other parts of the world though. Um, and the reason I wanted to give you that brief context of history behind the scriptures because we are living in the same fallen world here today. You know, it might not be as intense as persecution here, um, but I feel like sometimes life can feel like you're in this circus arena, you know, or just seasons in your life where you're tempted to forgo your faith and give in to the world. And there's many things that make us fearful. You know, just look out, like you create a brush eye. You know, it could be inflation rates and needing to provide for your family. It could be, you know, a mental illness or an illness of your own or a loved one. I feel like fear and timidity can manifest in many different ways. Um, but yeah, I just, I just think as believers, Paul is saying here and he's encouraging Timothy and now us that in the same way, sorry, it's all in the way in which we respond in trials. And, you know, that our response must be fueled by the Holy Spirit in order to keep going. I feel like Paul is the epitome of keeping the fire going. Um, I love that. It's like we don't fight this war with rage and revolt because Jesus didn't come to solve and let it settle a political issue, but to resolve and revolutionize a spiritual one. And we're actually in this upside-down kingdom of God as Christians that requires us to love our enemies. You know, and pray for them and bless them and keep Jesus as our number one in the changing circumstances. So there's four really key points in this verse. The first one is ban into flame the gift of God. And Paul's talking about the Holy Spirit. He's also talking about the spiritual gifts that we've been given to edify one another and ultimately the church. Um, and this here, I did bring a little prop also on this one today. Um, but this here is a Richardman fan. And this is a gift from my dad. And he trained us as little kids to fan him. He 
scratch-up. We were like these little servant monkeys. He paid us well, though. Um, <laughs> but, you know, this is like the most simplest prop. But, you know, you can't expect anything to come for it or expect any wind if you're just holding it down my side. You know, it's, it, it might as well just be a decoration. Like, it's, it's purposeless. And so too, like the Holy Spirit, we don't acknowledge Him, you know, we don't press in to Him and actually confide in Him, then He's just there, you know. Um, Pastor Victoria spoke last week on the Holy Spirit being like a fire and you need to be proactively feeding the fire and fanning it into flame to keep it alive, otherwise it'll die. And it's this spiritual exercise that they're talking about here. It's a yielding. Um, and yeah, it's, it's putting your faith into action by using your gifts. And if you don't know what they are, you know, find out. We'll come and pray for you. Like, it's so important to know what those, those gifts are. I feel like um, for me, I've got a prophetic gift and a mercy gift. If I see or know someone that needs help and then with bells on and a first aid kit and probably chocolate. <laughs> I always carry them nose and lives with me. I've always got chocolate hanging around. Um, it's such a good antidote. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and Dan, you know, Dan has the gift of the gap. <laughs> he's, he's a really great job. But no, he he's, has the gift of exhortation and acts of service. And, you know, if you're feeling mediocre all down, just go and see Dan and he'll make you feel better. Um, yeah, so good. And so basically, it's where we get our power, our love, our self discipline from. And in Zechariah uh, 4, verse 6, it says, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And here it's referring to the rebuilding of the temple, um, which had many setbacks, but ultimately what it's saying is we can't rely on our human strength or our abilities or our skill to complete the works that God has called us to do. And more importantly, you know, the golden rule to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your being, and love one another as you love yourself. And I don't know about you, but I need that love each time I see my family. Like, <laughs> it's, it's real. You know, sometimes I just pray and I'm like, oh, Lord, give me strength to get through this lunch. Or, and I love them so much, but I think that's a, an area that could be really tricky. But, you know, it's, it's our relationships. It could be work, it could be your colleagues or a controlling boss. You know, I feel like God is so in the business of relationships and he wants us to flourish in them. Um, and he wants to bring healing and wholeness to those broken parts. And yeah, this is, again, it's by his spirit that we can do this. Charles Spurgeon says this, without the spirit of God, we can do nothing. We are as ships without wind or chariots without steed, like branches without sap, we are withered, like poles without fire, we are useless. It might sound a bit pessimistic, but you know, it's absolutely true. And I see this happen in my own life when everything's stripped away. And I'm like, oh, I need you more. I actually really need you. You know, I feel like that just, when things get stripped away, it solves any apathy or memory problems right there. Um, you know, in the Old Testament, the people of God needed a prophet um, to hear the Lord's instructions, to seek his guidance and counsel, to make decisions. So when Israel decided they needed kings like the rest of the nations, the good kings would go and consult the prophets. Um, and in 1 Kings 
22, it's basically there are two kings, King Ahab of Israel and King Jehoshaphat of Judah. And King Ahab, he wanted to go off and claim this land called Ramoth Gilead. And he goes to Jehoshaphat, hey, will you come with me? You know, we're going to claim this land as ours. And King Jehoshaphat says, you know, I'm with you. My people are your people. I will go where you go. But first, let's consult the Lord. And I love that. So they basically get 400 prophets and they ask them, shall we go to war? And they say, go, for the Lord will give you this land into your hands. But King Jehoshaphat, he had that discernment. He said, is there no longer a prophet of the Lord whom we can inquire of? It's pretty much calling their bluff. <laughs> and that prophet was Micaiah. And King Ahab was like, oh, no, not him. He never tells me anything good I want to hear. <laughs> and every time I consult him, he just has doom and disaster, you know, set out for me. But that's because he wasn't a good king and he didn't treat the people right. Anyway, classic echo chamber recipe right there. Um, so they consult uh, Micaiah and he tells them, that all the other prophets are deceived, and that if they go to take this land, that King Ahab will surely die. And after hearing this, King Ahab throws Micaiah into prison. <laughs> nice. And then he goes to war with Jehoshaphat. And um, the next subheading is King Ahab killed in Ramoth Gilead. Ah, my word. The moral of the story is consult the Lord. And there are so many voices out there, but I can tell you the best one is God's voice. Mm, yes. You know, seek the Lord. Proverbs 3 verses 5 to 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. And now that's the Old Testament. And then moving into the New Testament in present day, we don't have to rely on prophets to tell us what God's saying. You know, we just need to ask the Holy Spirit that was given to us. And, you know, this is for all who have accepted Jesus. You've received his Holy Spirit. It says in John 16, verse 7 to 8, this is Jesus. And this is the Amplified Version, so it's like 20 minutes longer. But, uh, it says, but now I am going with him who sent me. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. But if I do not go away, the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor and counselor, the strengthener will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you, to be in close fellowship with you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world about the guilt of sin. That's beautiful. I love that. He's our counsellor. He's like the best free counsellor ever. Um, you know, I remember paddling out one time for a surf you know, with my friend and um, she's telling me about all of her problems and she, she just kept hitting this wall and was falling into depression. And anyway, I just asked her, you know, she's not Christian, but I said, hey, can I, can I just pray for you? And she said, sure. And you know, it's a bit awkward when we're paddling, so I'm just inwardly praying. And, and I, I felt the Lord say, remind her of who she was when she was a child. And I just got this picture. Um, the Lord speaks to me through pictures. And I got this picture of her as a little girl in this garden full of daisies. And she was naked. And I thought, oh Lord, like, this is so awkward. Why, does it, why is she naked? You know, do I have to say that part? And um, anyway, so I'm like coming out of, you know, a bit of fear of men. And I'm like, 
like, what if she thinks I'm crazy? This could be a lot set together. Anyway, we get out there and I share what um, what the Lord showed me and what I felt to encourage me. And she just looks at me and she's, you know, I'm like, oh, she's going to paddle away. And, and she just starts getting teary and she said, you know, when I was a little girl in Germany, um, she would just strip off naked and go and sit in her grandma's garden, which was full of daisies. And she said, those are the happiest memories of my life. And she said, and her grandma always reminded her that uh, she she was, you know, this black a daisy, like, like an optimist. And, um, and it was so beautiful. I was like, thank you, Lord. You know, like, I had to trust him. I just take that step of faith. You know, he shows me something, he's giving me his gift, showing me I have to trust him and step out so that my friend will know that she is loved by God, that there is a beautiful Father God who loves and sees and knows everyone. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just so, so beautiful. So we've been on a journey since then, and, um, and I love this. This is what came to mind. It's Isaiah 55, verse 8 to 9. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know, there is no way that I could have known that. I'm, I'm like, are there even daisies in Germany? I don't know. Um, but God knows. And my point is that the Lord desires us to be in constant communion with his Holy Spirit. You know, I... Yeah, he just, he loves you. Like, go and have a read of Psalm 139. It says that his thoughts about you outweigh the number of grains of sand on the shore. And it's just stunning. Um, and I don't know about you, but this kind of love that I've found in Jesus, it's, it's overwhelming, and I don't want to keep it to myself. Um, and Paul is saying in this scripture, he's saying, keep going, you know. Even when times are tough, just trust me. Even in the mundane, trust me. And there are many things that are going to hinder and test our faith or try and pull us out of the game altogether. But with the strength of the Holy Spirit that is living in you, you'll finish the race well. This is, yeah, just to wrap up. This is uh, the last verse. It's John 16:33, and it's Jesus saying, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have perfect peace. In the world, you may have tribulation and trials, distress and suffering, but be courageous, be confident, be filled with joy, for I have overcome the world. Keep fanning into flame this precious gift of the Holy Spirit, and I assure you that life is so much better with Jesus. And I just wanted to also invite you up after... Um, after we have some worship, that if you don't know Jesus or you don't know what it's like to press into his Holy Spirit or what these gifts are that you've been given, like, I can't urge you enough, you know, to come and get some prayer. We'll come and pray for you to, you know, yeah, just, just get you on the right track because I really wouldn't be standing here today. actually really don't know where I would be. Um, not in a good place. But um, if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, and that beautiful relationship that we get to have with him. It's a gift. It's a free gift. You've got to open it up. You've got to use it. You've got to send it into play.
So I just want to invite the worship team up and pray for us.